Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thank you so much for joining me. I am just checking a couple of settings because I've had a little bit of a technical issue with my internet stream tonight. But everything's looking good. Um, let's not waste any more time. Let's bring in your friend and my friend, Mr. Lou Elizondo. Hey, Vinny, how are you? I'm good, Lou. How are you, man? I'm doing quite well. Uh, apologies for keeping you all up so late. Uh, I'm <laughs> so in, uh, good. Colorado Springs this week uh, doing some work, and unfortunately, my my time schedule is extremely compressed, and it is not mine. So, uh, sincere and humble apologies to to you and and uh, your wonderful audience. But uh, great to see you again. Hey, it's so good that you could take the time out and come back and. I think we fixed the technical issues that we had last time as far as sharing screens and all that yeah. stuff. We just thanks spent to you. Last... <laughs> uh, I've never been very technically proficient, so I, I, whoa, whoa, I do it's not thanks to me. You just we just spent the last ten minutes. I just sat here and watched you work away and do it. So no, thank you so much, man. Um, thank you to everybody in the live chat here right now. I really appreciate you all being here. Um, I have. I'm just going to state I have turned off super chat because. This is a presentation by Lou. This isn't like a massive AMA, ask anything and all that. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Lou, how's here Colorado treating you, man? Uh, today's beautiful. Uh, I had a hell of a, a drive coming in uh, yesterday uh, through the head shut down the highway. So I was coming down Highway 25 and fortunately have a, a, a my truck is, is, you know, jacked up a little bit. So I have the, the ability what, what to you driving? What are you driving? <laughs> What is it? Uh, it's a uh, it's a, uh, a a Ram uh, with uh, four wheel drive with uh, with with Dodge Cummins uh, motor. Um, so as most people know, I'm a gearhead. So yeah, she's a bit of a beast. Uh, you know, definitely go anywhere, anytime type vehicle. A uh, bit nice. of a zombie apocalypse <laughs> type, tr type truck. And you know, she actually uh, normally she's a parking lot princess, but uh, but yesterday she was a workhorse. She uh, she did be good. Appreciate it, man. That sounds awesome, man. So, um, listen, we know why we're here. I think everybody's really eager because we, we've, we've touched upon this AI that's yeah. been mentioned for quite some time now. Yeah, well, ready? I was going to initially talk to you about the AI, and I'm going to, but but I think, mm -hmm. you know what, since I, I put you guys off for about a week or two on this, it wasn't intentional, but, you know, I, let, me give you, let me give you the full presentation, if that's okay. And I'm going to go a little faster than I normally do. This is a presentation that has been provided to some 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 fairly senior people, uh, right. and I think hopefully it'll kind of give a, a broad perspective of 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 you know what are we doing, how are we doing it, you know what have where have we gone, where are we now, and, and where are we going? Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and share. If you don't mind, I'm just going to share the screen now. Do it. Share screen. Ready. Uh, forgive me, folks, if I uh, do something wrong here. Can you see? I can my... see it, man. We're ready to roll. All right. Here we go. Now, first <laughs> of all, folks, I know people are going to go ahead and pick apart this thing. Um, but uh, just know that this is for really the purpose of this briefing is to to elicit conversation. Just get people talking and understanding the methodologies and kind of take away the mystery of, of how we've been doing things. So there's really I've talked about the five pillars of, of UAP engagement. 
And very yep. much like this picture here, um, you know, when you're when you're building these pillars, you really want to be consistent and build them roughly at the same rate and the same time, because if one pillar gets higher than another, then uh, you wind up having a crooked roof. So we really have 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 been very um, diligent in making sure that these these five pillars all rise collectively together. And by the way, there may be other pillars as we as we move into the future. So I have this slide up here um, just to provoke conversation. Um, what I usually tell folks is, uh, let me see if I can hide this. Give me one second. Does that work? Nope. I'm sorry, guys. Let's try that again. That's all good, man. Uh, just don't show your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the question always everybody asks, right? You know, what is disclosure? And I think uh, it's important in order for us to have a conversation, we, we really all need to come to agreement of what it means. Now, this is a definition Um and uh, that that I was able to find the action of making new or secret information known. Um, you know, pretty pretty simple actually. Um, not yeah. not too complicated. And we'll get back to that question. So the pillar one is the first pillar of engagement is legislative engagement. Here in our country, we have three branches of government. Um, there is the legislative branch, the executive branch, and then there is the judicial branch. Um, we chose a legis legislative branch for a reason, uh, because these are the folks that set the laws of the land. And they're also the ones that that fund the government. They're the ones who who set the budgets. So it's important that as we ensure uh, we, we speak uh, about this topic, that we engage our, our lawmakers. Now, let me just preface. We're not um, we're not lobbying. People say, oh, are you lobbying? You're lobbyists. No, we're not. We're not asking for a, a cent, not one red penny. What we're right. doing is just making sure that con members of Congress are informed. So you see here uh, some of the advantages, what, why we do what we do. Ensuring lawmakers in the U.S. are provided relevant, accurate UAP information by qualified experts. What's a qualified expert? Now, this is not intended to, to hurt anybody's feelings, but in government terms, it's people who hold a security clearance, who have a very specific job, um, and, and, and they are a qualified expert in their field. So whether it's right. missile telemetry or radar exploitation or you know, fill in the blank, um, that is a qualified expert. It's not a hobbyist. It's not a ufologist. It's, 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 it's really a, someone who has been, is getting paid by the U S government to do a very specific job. Now I know some people are going to argue that and say, well, but that's not really a, a qualified expert. Well, but it is in government terms. I'm not saying it is from, from a universal perspective, simply from a, from a governmental perspective. Yeah. Um, and so we make sure that those briefings, uh, you know, we facilitate those briefings so they can occur. We also, uh, it also it facilitates educated decisions to properly fund UAP efforts within the U.S. government. And so you see here annual budget cycles. MIP and NIP stand for Military Intelligence Program, and NIP stands for National Intelligence Program, making sure that Congress knows uh, that if you want to help out, that's where you put some of the money. So now you can get the intelligence community engaged to start actually looking at this problem. Pro this 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 effort, if you will, this 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 problem, collectively, it also allows for better oversight and decreases excessive excessive secrecy. So Congress says, you know what, I want a 180 day report. So they get a 180 day report. They said, hey, that's great, but now I want a 90 day report. And oh, by the <laughs> way, I want uh, I want a report from the Secretary of Defense every year, right? So it, it becomes a snowball effect. And you yep. see here the the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence and the Senate Armed Services Committee. It also permits dialogue between constituents and elected officials. So now when a constituent calls and said, says to their elected official, have you been briefed? They can say yes. And you know what? You're right. This is an important topic for us. And it's an important topic for our district or, or our state. 
It also promotes media acceptance because now the media feels enjoying to actually ask the question that they never wanted to ask before. And that is asking our members of Congress, what do you think about UFOs? Right. And then, of course, it enables uh, international dialogue with other governments, uh, specifically through their legislative processes. So their congresses, their parliaments, committees, et cetera. So uh, these are just some of the, the reasons why Pillar One is so important. Yeah. Pillar two is that, sorry, I was going to say that last point on pillar one with um, other governments. I mean, it does. every time, every time that, that stands out, I, I think about the UK, though, how we still seem to be falling behind. Well, think, you know, I, I, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I, we have to have patience. The, the, I, we, we have to, you, you can lead a horse to water, right? But you can't make a drink. So, so we have to, you know, just continue, be persistent uh, and be, be, fair-minded and, and, and rational about this topic. I, yeah. I think, you know, I think, uh, I think ultimately logic will prevail. The next pillar is executive level engagement. And this is ensuring, this is helps ensure that the bureaucracy who's designed to execute the will of Congress um, can do so. Uh, and they understand what the, what those wants of Congress are, and then basically provide deliverables. It also allows for the defense and the intelligence communities to prioritize UAP data collection. Now, by the way, as you see, it's no longer just going to be defense and intelligence communities. We're beginning to open the aperture. But that's that's where we've been focusing on for the last three and a half years. And as you see, as a result of that, you have a deputy secretary of defense memo creating a strategic, strategic plan literally on the heels of the 180-day report. Um, but it also enables intra and inter-government efforts to be coordinated. So it's not just across federal agencies, but it's also up and down. And it also includes organizations not typically maybe included in the UAP conversation, like Department of Energy, like NASA potentially, like FAA. Um, so DHS. DHS, NOAA. Excellent. You're right. You must have read these slides already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it also encourages resources and time investment. Uh, because now they know that the will of Congress is such, and therefore, uh, you know, the, the, they, the executive department could say, okay, we're, we're going to take this seriously. It also helps eliminate stovepipes of previous UAP efforts. So, for example, like the UAP task force and ATIP, my program, and even OSAP to some degree, uh, really suffered from stovepipes. You had this office that was squirreled away under a, a directorate, that was squirreled away under an undersecretary, that was squirreled away under a department, under squirreled away, right? And so none of these organizations really shared information uh, very well with each other. And yeah. uh, there wasn't any senior level oversight. Now it says, you see this last bullet here, ensures proper oversight of UAP activities. Now you have the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense directly now involved and on the line of responsibility for this topic. So executive level engagement is important. The next is international engagement. Uh, and this is something near and dear, I think, to all of our hearts. But this helps us synchronize U.S. efforts with other nations. Japan is an example where uh, about nine months ago they came out and they said, we'd like to enter into a bilateral information sharing relationship with the United States regarding UFOs, UAP. Um, there's other countries as well, but they haven't won. They, they don't want to go public yet. So you don't see them in this slide. Sure. It also helps establish new opportunities for intelligence information sharing of UAP data, not necessarily with other countries, but international organizations such as NATO and the United Nations and our five I relationship that we cherish so much with the UK and Australia and, and Canada and some of these other countries. Sure. It also removes individual burdens of a nation 
and leverages partnerships to share the responsibility, right? So what do I mean by that? It's no longer one country having to pay the bill for all of this. We can all kind of pool our resources together. So NORAD is an example where you have a U.S. commander, but you the deputy commander is Canadian. And so, you know, when you bring the UAP topic to them, uh, now it's really more of an international approach, not just yep. a U.S. Or, or one country approach. But also equally important, it minimizes one nation's ability to control the narrative. We've seen what happens in the last 70 years when we allow one country to control the narrative. Uh, and in essence, not a whole lot gets done. So uh, really, this is very important. When you have an international uh, conversation, then you truly have a, a, a collective conversation. It's not just one yeah. country that's that's managing the, the narrative. It also encourages joint research and development efforts and increased collaboration, which is very important, and helps maintain a common operating picture. That's kind of a military term, if you will, uh, of, of the situation while minimizing misunderstanding of adversarial provocations. Now, we know that these UAPs have interfered with U.S. nuclear capabilities and also Russian nuclear capabilities. What yep. most people may not know, maybe some do, is that we actually have a, a communication with Russia uh, over the the northern part of uh, of the uh, well, of our of our globe, our planet. And because when you launch nuclear missiles, you're going to launch launch them. The quickest way to get them to Russia and Russia to get them to us is over the North Pole. And so we have this agreement that if if one of us happens to see something unusual over the North Pole, we can pick up the phone and call the other and say, you know, hey, Boris, is that you? Or they can call us and say, you know, hey, Joe, is that, that you guys? Or is this, this something else? Now, why is that important? Because we now know countries like India and Pakistan who aren't necessarily friendly to each other, they both have nuclear capabilities. Can you imagine if a UFO were to be encountered potentially over one of their nuclear installations? And it gets confused as some sort of provocation of war by the other side. I mean, that, that would be, be horrible. So, so it is important that we, we have this international engagement. Yeah. Pillar four is uh, mainstream media engagement. Uh, this is why people see me on, on mainstream media a lot. Um, and despite what people think where I only do, you know, one type of, of media outlet, that's not true. I've, I've done many, many, many outlets uh, on both sides. But why is this important? Because it socializes the reality of UAP to a much broader audience. Um, it, it also helps destigmatize the topic because now they're 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 talking about it and they're reporting on it. It also further encourages legislative and executive branch involvement because when the mainstream media starts asking them hard questions, now they want answers. Now they're saying, you know what, we I can't answer that question, but I'm going to poke somebody who can, and we're we're going to get back to you with some answers. It also provides data to massive information consumer base. Never before have we been able to take information across the planet so quickly in various different, if you will, uh, media aggregators like Associated Press or Mother Jones or Comcast, where you could do a uh, podcast today and it winds up being in a written article tomorrow and then later on in a broadcast the next day. And it could be virtually around the planet. Now, with that said, there's also some danger with that, right? Because there's an old saying that a lie will travel around the world in the time it takes for the truth to leave the front door. So there's, it's important that we, we, we be aware of that and, and only provide valid, accurate uh, information. It also creates uh, positive pressure for scientific and academic communities. Um, you now have academia asking folks like uh, Dr. Avi Loeb, right? Hey, is this yes. topic important, right? This is super, super important. It's helpful. It gives them an outlet, gives them an ability to have the conversation. It also increases government transparency, as we saw with the New York Times story, right? For, for, for years, if not decades, we've been saying, no, no, we don't look at UFOs. Oh, well, <laughs> surprise, we do, actually. 
And then, of course, it provides a platform for new theories um, because now people can talk to the media and, and, and new theories. And some of them, um, you know, may not necessarily follow a line of logic, but they're probably worth listening to anyways. Yeah. And then pillar five is public engagement. The most important, in my opinion, um, because it enables the public to take part of the UAP conversation. They see something on the nightly news and now they're talking about talking about it around the water cooler, maybe around the, the dinner table at night. Um, this is important. This is this is this is it also allows for endorsement for the other four pillars. If the people say this is a topic that's important to them, the media will cover it and our legislative uh, members will 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 begin to to look at this and same with our executive branch. So public engagement is 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 probably the most important. It also bolsters the ability to fund and budget UAP studies in both government and the private sector. Because now people say, you know what, this is important. And, and I'm willing to actually put some money behind this to, for us to try to figure this out one way or another. It creates a platform for grassroots enclaves to exist. Right now, you and I having this conversation, this is amazing. You know, this is yeah. Twitter and social media. Uh, it facilitates Absolutely. a confederated effort and data crowdsourcing environment. Now, now we've got people who have cell phones in their hands and YouTube is full of videos that we can all look at and collaborate and talk about. Um and then, of course, helps create new political platforms and agendas. Um, disclosure, I think, being potentially one of them. Now, those are the five pillars. What have those? What have those five pillars yielded since 2017? Of course, a lot of people say, "Yeah, not much has happened," you know, in the last three and a half years. <laughs> well, okay, let's go down that rabbit hole for a minute. We have DoD admitting the three videos are real. They admit that the videos depict unidentified aerial vehicles. The Department of Navy creates a UAP reporting policy and guidelines and actual reporting guidelines and policies that get promulgated. DoD establishes an official UAP task force under the Deputy Secretary of Defense directly. Mainstream media takes notice and begins to actively report on these encounters. Members of Congress receive classified briefings. Members of Congress have taken lead in advocating for greater transparency. Former directors of national intelligence and CIA admit and are talking about UAP. UAPs. POTUS receives a classified briefing on at least two occasions. Our president of the United States, president, uh, former president of the United States, publicly acknowledges the realities of UAPs, along with a, a, a two foreign, two former uh, presidents of the United States, publicly acknowledge the reality of UAPs. Congress mandates a 180-day report be submitted by the DOD and DNI. One of only 144 incidents in that 180-day report were resolved. Congress mandates a UAP report every 90 days. Japan requests a bilateral information sharing agreement with the U.S. China introduces the Five Continents Initiative. And one of the largest IC collaborative virtual environments is created to analyze UAP data. Now, that's just since 2017. I would argue that probably more has been done in the last three and a half years than in the last three decades. Uh, yep. Now, by the way, when I say that, I'm not taking credit for it. A lot of people were part of this, okay? But that's yesterday. What about today? Well, here's what's going on today, folks. Senior academics in the U.S. are involved in the serious study of UAP phenomenon. Renowned universities in the U.S. are expressing interest in officially studying UAPs. Scientific enclaves are being created to test the physics. Scholarship programs focusing on UAP performance are being developed. DIA, well, Defense Intelligence University at, at, at uh, DIA and the National Intelligence University are accepting theses on UAPs. That's, that's remarkable. That you have actually these or these these academic institutions in our national security apparatus now accepting thesis on UAPs. Data from previous U.S. projects are being consolidated under a single entity. U.S. Navy is filing patents on potential UAP propulsion technology. 
DOD is developing a strategic plan to study UAPs for years into the future. UAP information is being integrated into U.S. intelligence collection cycle. Certain allied nations are expressing interest in working with the U.S. government. The DOD IG is conducting an evaluation and several inquiries into DOD's handling of the UAP topic. Certain members of Congress have expressed desire for public hearings. Study of UAPs are being included into annual budget cycles, both MIP and NIP. Former senior members of the intelligence community are assisting with U.S. government efforts involving UAPs. Office of Director of National Intelligence, Office of the Secretary of Defense, Navy, SpaceCom, NORAD, and other elements of the IC are actively working UAP issues and planning for state, local, and tribal authorities to integrate UAP data is underway. That is all what's happening right now behind the scenes as we speak. So if it wasn't enough, the last slide to talk about what's happened in the last three and a half years, here's what's going on right now. I'm just going to give you a quick, I uh, just want to give a quick shout out. Witness Citizen gave a super sticker before. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. Thomas Fester, thank you so much for the super sticker. Um, Lou, sorry to interrupt you, man. Let's go yeah, on to phase, phase two. Yeah, so that's all, you know, that's that, and all that is occurring under phase one. So, so we talk about yesterday, we talk a little bit about today, but what about tomorrow, right? So you're now going to get information that has not really been publicly shared very at all, really. It's only been in one other public venue that I'm aware of. Um, but this is what we want to do, create a multidiscipline environment. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it looks something like this. Think of a, a, a national or a federal laboratory. And what you now have are each one of these bubbles surrounding it are are contributing members to this federal lab construct where you have the international community, right? And countries, part of that, by the way, each one of these little bullets are just sub examples. There's many, 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 many examples. Each one of these little bubbles could be a whole briefing on its own. You have the academic community, you have the scientific community and technology community. You have the, yes, even the private sector, intelligence community, defense community, and even the interagencies all working together to try to, to understand this phenomenon with their respective, um, expertise. So let's take, for example, when someone asks, well, what can the technology community provide us? Well, let's take one sub tiny bullet within the technology community. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. Oh, so yes. here's some basic bullets. We know the technology exists today to analyze UAP data almost instantaneously, and it's anywhere in the world. This technology is relatively low cost. Now, relatively is important. I'll explain that in a minute. This technology continues to improve over time, and this technology offers innumerable advantages over its human counterpart. So now what I'm about to present to you is a test case, okay? This is an example of how AI can be helpful to our discussion. Yes, we are currently working on this. It's been a lot of work. It's not ready for prime time. So I'm going to run through you an example with using a real, real real video this so this summer we've been waiting uh, for <laughs> yeah this summer we got a video and by the way this is important to test the veracity and credibility of information just as it as it is important to test to see if if, if a ufo video or picture is real it's also important to, to be able to disprove it because when you're going to elected officials you have to be able to tell them with confidence 99.9 percent .9 confidence yeah. that this is legit or it's not so we get a video from a uh, military officer in uh, i won't say exactly where other than california and he says look I, I saw a black ufo hovering in the distance um he took a video uh using regular resolution on a commercially available cellular telephone uh, he, he is a U.S. Army officer, uh, and I'm going to play it for you real quick. Now, when you see it, it's going to be very grainy, and you're not going to see very much. Um, 
the video itself is actually a little better quality. You had to compress it to get it on here. But that little black sure. disc back there, you look and you say, well, that doesn't really look like much of anything, you know, even though that the guy swears he saw a black disc hovering in the background. Right. Um, so why is that important? Well, because then what we can do is let me show you the still. Whoa. Right. This, that, that people <laughs> said, whoa, wait a minute. That looks like a black hovering disc in the desert. You're not, you're not lying. Holy crap. So let's see what AI can do for us. So you have the AI first look at the background and the AI immediately identifies three environmental anomalies not consistent with the background, right? So it looks at these objects and says, this is not consistent with the background. However, the image is legitimate. The background has not been manipulated and is comparing and contrasting color, shape, and pixelation, okay? And then we ask the AI, okay, what about the object itself? Now, the human eye can't see it, but it identifies minor pixelation anomalies that are analyzed to be protrusions, some sort of weird thing coming off the side of this, this black disc, right? Uh, it also determines that the image is legitimate and it has not been manipulated and it is not an artifact. It's a genuine object on, on screen. So then you ask the AI, okay, so regarding the background, what can you tell us? Well, Okay, so the, the artificial intelligence comes up and says, look, there's a 94% likelihood that that is the tail of a C-17 aircraft that you're seeing in the middle. 85% uh, certainty that that is a, an F-35 Lightning that you're looking at. And of course, there to the far right, are it looks like the tail of two aircraft, but it doesn't really know what it is. Now, these pictures are stock pictures. Um, you know, ultimately what will happen is we'll have the rights to actually have you know, real schematic, hopefully government schematic diagrams of, of aircraft that we'll yeah. be able to compare and contrast. Um, and then when you look at the, uh, the, the mechanism in the middle here, this, 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 if you will, this, this disc, it says there is something for sure coming off the, 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 the edges of this, of this disc. So then you ask the AI, okay, so in your best guess, what are we looking at? What it appears to be a black disc is, in fact, an olive, dark olive green U.S. Army field tent, observation tent. And the protrusions coming off the side are guide wires. And wow. what this is more than likely is a U.S. Army tent that has been set up as observation along an airfield uh, to do flight operations. And wow. so that is why it is so important that we invest in these type of capabilities because not only will it allow us to identify when a ufo is real but it will also help us identify when it's not it's equally important that we can do both fair and objectively now limitations of ai you see here to the left near instant analysis of massive volume of information obviously is more accurate than human counterparts it doesn't succumb to to human fatigue operates 24 hours a day seven days a week operate all classification levels and the more data the more accurate it becomes and is biased neutral but like we all know there are limitations so all ai must be trained there is a massive upfront time investment to train it there's also an initial investment to to build it is expensive it requires human oversight and not all AI cre is created equal right. and bad data can perpetuate poor results. So if I teach the AI to identify a tent as a disc, then it will always identify a tent as a disc. And last right. but not least, it lacks human discernment. So towards the end here, I ask everybody the same question. You know, the question your kid always wants to know in the back of the car when you're going on a trip, are we there yet? <laughs> are we there? Do we have disclosure? And the answer is, 
I don't know. I'll leave that to you. So with that said, let me go back here and come back to you guys. I think it's here, right? And let me stop sharing my screen. All right. So um, that is a presentation that kind of shows a little bit about the methodology that we've been using, um, a little bit of a method to our madness, um, the points, touch points that we have been focusing on, and also the artificial intelligence, why it's important, um, because it is equally important to prove and disprove. We have to be objective. The moment you see yeah. that black disc, people go, whoa, that's incredible. And then you say, well, yeah, but that's because we want to see it. We want to see a disc, right? We we're we're, si we're looking at something and we're, we're seeing what we <laughs> what we want to see. And although it's very tempting, we really really have to be careful to avoid that temptation. Um, especially if we're going to be continue to be taken seriously, we have to be our own worst critics, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. That, you know, I, I think that's the only reason why we have gotten collectively all together, all of us, as far as we have, um, at least at least at least so far. I'll tell you right now that black black disc got me initially. It got all of in, us. I'm, I'm a lot in, of instant impression. Got really excited too. <laughs> <laughs> um, another shout out, Sean. Witness it as a new UAP. Another two ninety nine super stick, brother. Thank you so much, man. You don't have to do that. You know I love you anyway, man. Thank you so much, um, Lou. If it's okay with you, I've got a few questions lined up. Are you? Yeah, it's five thirty right now, my time, local time. I've got about. Uh, I can probably do 10 minutes and then I, I've got a jam. Unfortunately, it's my, my, my schedule is not mine. Um, I am actually really, I really working for, believe it or not. Completely understand. So I'm going to skip those first few. Sorry to everybody. I'm, I'm going to jump into what everybody is probably wanting to talk about, which is James uh, Lukatsky's book that came out yesterday. Um, <clears throat> Can you talk about your interactions with James Lukatsky? James uh, is an amazing human being. He is the guy that I could never mention um, because I, 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 I had a professional uh, respect for him and a personal respect that I would never reveal his, his identity until he was ready to reveal his identity. And I kept that secret until he came out with his book. Uh, he's an incredible human being, by far one of the greatest rocket scientists we've ever had. And I'm glad he's finally being vindicated. Yeah. Now, but the thing is with the book as well, that it doesn't contain top secret SCI information, yet it seems to um, portray a lot of information that we don't know already. How is that hidden somewhere, but it's declassified? Where's that? Well, he went through a from? review process. He had to go through, uh, from my understanding, a very lengthy review process, about 14 months through the Pentagon. Um, I, I, I imagine they probably weren't very happy initially with, with him releasing it. Um, but, you know, I, I can't really comment on the book because it's not my book. He, he, it, that book was written. Uh, if you have specific questions about the book, my recommendation would be, be to approach him. But he, he's an incredible human being. Now I understand completely. Let's just jump back to the AI software quickly. With the new um, avenue that the direction is going in with the AI and the data and everything that may come out of it, are we likely to see a development in the observables, let's say, as far as we have six, oh, yeah, six right now? Could we see that number jump? I sure hope so. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the intent, right? Is to, is to to open the aperture. My hope is that we do find other observables. I suspect we probably will, but you don't know what you don't know, right? So, so <laughs> you know, this is this is part of that. I'm sure some really smart, savvy people are going to get a hold when they start this AI finally gets fielded. They're going to be like, they're going to find all sorts of creative ways to use it that we never would have imagined. We're going to say, holy yeah. smokes, yeah, 
No, that's great. Thank you. Um, um, we saw the interview on um, Mystery Wire with Colm Kelleher and and uh, another Jim good Kansky. man. Colm is is a, is, a, is an incredible human being as well. He's done a lot for for this country. We owe him a, a great deal of uh, gratitude for sure. Absolutely, I completely agree. I've been following his work for quite some years, but um, he actually talked about a case which involves some um, a, a, a public counter with a father and daughter with three orbs that actually entered a vehicle um passed through the father's shoulder we're talking about three orbs of baseball size is that something that you encountered through your studies in atip that you can correlate to what was studied in orsap you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about orsap um i've refrained from that uh sure. since the beginning it's 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 not my place uh i, I can't speak from a position of authority um, or expertise in OSAP. I've made that very clear since day one. Um, I know people are curious. Um, I'm curious, but but it's not my area of expertise, and it would sure. be it wouldn't be wise for me to comment um, on on that that aspect. I understand completely. Um, one thing that has come up is one little small sentence about remote viewing, and I'm not going to actually ask you to comment on this statement but this is something i've asked you about in the past that you didn't want to extrapolate on and this is just for everybody that's asking <clears throat> i'm not going to go there lou i think you know this i'm right in saying this that it's not part of the discussion that we need to be having right now um well it's 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 first of all it's 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 in, it's written in somebody else's book yeah. Um, and if, if somebody wants to ask questions about it, they need to ask that person. Um, you know, I've done a lot of things for my country. Uh, this, most of my, 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 my background and my professional, uh, experience, um, is, is, has not been open to the public. Um, the only part of my career that's ever been open to public is really my, my part concerning UAPs. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, confirm or deny or, or, or elaborate one way or the other what some of my other uh, duties and responsibilities are or were or 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 have been. Um, that's I'm not sure it's relevant to the conversation. To be honest with you, we, we've been I, I think very successful focusing on on the UAP um, effort, and uh, I think we need to at least from my perspective, that's where that's where I need to remain focused. I completely understand. This is an uh, this conversation has been planned for a few weeks. With the drop of the book yesterday, my inbox exploded with remote viewing this, remote viewing that, and you know we touched upon this a while back. And I understand your position that. Um, so I just wanted to put this out there for everyone that I'm not going to push that narrative. Um, let's let's finish off on a question that I really have got for sure. months and months and months. What books relating to UFOs would you recommend? Uh, don't ask me that. You know, I, <laughs> I hate doing that. I don't want to endorse a product. I don't want to. Is this harder know, I than made, anything else? I made else? that mistake once before. <laughs> apparently those books, the, the, what I recommended went on Amazon, became like, it was like a, a $6 book and wound up going for like $500 for a book. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I, I didn't mean to do that. I just, people asked me a question. I gave them an honest answer and all of a sudden, you know, now people are like, that book's like 500 bucks. I'm like, oh, God, no. Well, I so, hope this doesn't affect the price, but I'll I'll recommend Graham Randell's book on the Foo Fighters, 1940 to 1945. I will say I have a copy of it. And I will yes. say that that I am, I am, uh, I am, it is. Uh, it's incredible. It, I am, uh, I am reading it. 
but I have to be really careful here, Vinny, endorsing <laughs> anything, man. You know, I did it. I with, understand. With, of course, our, our friend in, in uh, Australia as well, because I, I really liked oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, man, I got beat up so bad for doing that. People say, really? you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they think I was getting a kickback, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not getting paid, of man. Course they not, did. I mean, you know, for for some reason, everybody happens to think some. It's always about money. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> it's not. I think I saw once um, recently on social media that I was making all sorts of money with the History Channel. I'm like, dude, I made <laughs> enough with two years worth of work to buy a fancy lawnmower. You know? So get over it. You know, I I, I made substantially less than minimum wage. In fact, it probably if if I wanted to, I could probably have a lawsuit for like slave labor because I put two years of my life into something and got paid peanuts. Literally, I mean, and I had to take time off of work to do it. So I actually lost money doing something that was part of the the, the five pillars there, right? So that was the sure. pillar five. That was part of 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 engagement, you know, to 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 everybody else. Public engagement. That's why we. Sure. That's why Chris and I did it. Understandable. Listen, Lou. I will just one last question. What's next for you as we see out the end of twenty twenty one in jumping into twenty twenty two? What's, what's what's happening? Well, I kind of gave you a sneak peek already, I thought. Uh, yeah. That briefing kind of, you know. Um, so when do we expect the drop then? And th Am I right in saying this is going to be app-based? Um, you know, it's going to be multi-based. There's, there's an app, but there's also a desktop, and there's going to be other pieces to this. I mean, this has been has not been easy. Um, you sure. know, this, it's the, 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 my intent is to provide it, uh, allow this capability to go free to anybody who wants it. And then, you know, if you want to use it for some very, very specific stuff where it actually co is costing us a hell of a lot of money, then maybe, you know, somebody might want to do a subscription, but right. it's not necessary. You don't have to do that. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be available. Our intent is to allow, you know, a, a version of it free for anybody who wants to use it. Um, you know, but that costs money. Um, and you know, nobody's donating, <laughs> to this <laughs> it's you know uh, and people sure. say oh well, where is it i want it well yeah sure but you know it, it it ain't cheap and it's been a lot of us you know are doing this from from you know part of from a place in our heart where we want to contribute but you know it's like guys you know you're, you ain't paying for it so you know you want it to come around faster well you know I, we're, we're trying our best you know absolutely so that's, man i appreciate it quick shout out to lara thank you so much for the five dollars i think i've got one more tyler at contact or thank you for the ten dollars so much lou this has been amazing eye-opening i'm so blessed that you were the i was the first for you to show this presentation it means a lot, i did man. it at a forum uh but it wasn't really public it was invitation only i did it in europe okay. uh, it has yeah. not been publicly provided uh, it has been provided to some other very senior people like i said you are really the first that this has been publicly provided to that means a lot. It, be, it means a lot. And um, if you could just hang about for a minute after we have this conversation, a little debrief, because we are meeting, myself and you are meeting in London in a couple of weeks, and we won't say any more about that, but that could be fun. Everybody, we'll see if something comes out of that, a little video, a little interview or something. But um, A Cuban in the UK, there's got to be a joke. <laughs> there's got to be a joke there somewhere. Dude, we're going to drink some ale. <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready man i'll tell you, be... you know i love 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 the uk if anybody has ever wanted to go anywhere in the world if you've never been to westminster abbey um you will absolutely be in tears um it is it is one of the most profoundly beautiful um 
places I've ever been. It's just, it's almost overwhelming. And when you see the history uh, of, of UK there and all these people that have been buried there and, and some of the tombs and how ornate and the love that was put in behind some of those, it's just breathtaking. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It is. We take it for granted sometimes here in the UK. Um, finally, Laura Sosa, thank you for that super sticker. Lou, I'm not going to keep you any longer, man. Um, well, I don't want to keep you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> but I know it's, you know, almost one o'clock for you all over there. I apologize. Hey. Don't you dare apologize, man. It's been a pleasure. It's, you know. it's, it's always good to speak to you, man. You've always given me the time of day. And yeah, it means the world. So thank you so much, man. Great. Well, I'm sure people are going to poke holes in that briefing I gave you. You know, there's always people. Let's go. No matter what I I try to do, they're like, oh, you know, yeah, I like that. I don't like that. So, man, we got you, man. It's all good. Guys, thank you to everyone in the live chat. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Love you so much. Until the next time, we'll see you later. Bye bye.